1: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you may be listening. Thank you for joining another episode of the Locked On Avalanche Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Another Avalanche win, Mark that five in a row for Colorado, two games into this three game road stand and they are 2-0, back-to-back wins yesterday, or now two days ago, if you're listening to this on Friday, uh, against the Maple Leafs and uh, took out another Canadian team in Montreal and we will break that down later on. Very impressive win seemed like it was in hand Montreal gave them a run for the money towards the end and some stellar goaltending by our backup goaltender Pavel Fransos was the difference maker in my opinion, so uh, we'll get into that, but first, like always, follow us on the social media of the interwebs. On Twitter, LOPN underscore Avalanche, on Instagram, and on Facebook. Although I still really don't do much with the Facebook, and I probably should. Just search for Lockdown Avalanche and send emails to LockdownAvalanche at gmail.com. Uh, so we will get to the the summary of the Canadian game tonight. Uh, but first, there was some pretty big news in the world of the Colorado Avalanche when it comes to their superstar player. And of course I am talking about Nathan McKinnon. We, over you know the next three years, I think he has left on his deal, um, maybe have now put to bed in some form uh, what he is expecting. In terms of dollar amounts. He came out today and <clears throat> made a statement that uh, he, he would more than welcome taking less money um, again on his next contract. When everybody is expecting him to make bank, um, he kind of threw out there that's not what he's about. He's about winning cups. And in any sport, and almost in particular, hockey, you are judged by how many times you hoist that cup. You know, there's there's only one Wayne Gretzky, so you know we're not gonna anoint him and put him in that echelon by the end of his career. I don't think anybody is going to be there ever again. Um, but people will look back and say, "Are you one of the greatest of all time? Great, How many cups do you have? And you need multiple for people to, uh, consider you in that upper echelon, and he wants that. I think he's very cognizant of his, um, you know, how people perceive him. I think he's thinking of the end game for him, as young as he is. I think he's thinking of when he's he's done playing, and when people look back and talk about Nathan McKinnon, what do they talk about? Do they talk about tremendous talent, put up a ton of points, carried a team on his back? Uh, you know, and then who knows what we have coming that we have not yet seen yet. And then they're also going to include how many cups do you have? So what he said today, um, he said, and again, he's getting 6.3 million, um, which is obviously a steal. So he's getting that through the 2022-2023 season. And he said, we have guys that we wouldn't otherwise be able to bring in. And he was talking to Forbes Magazine's Jordan Horobin on this um, on this interview. On my next deal, I'll take less again because I want to win with this group. So um, let's see. Let me see if there's any more quotes here. Yeah, I was just excited to get paid. So he's talking about the deal that he made, this the deal that he's currently in, which people now you can look back on it and say it, it, it was a steal. When he signed that deal, he wasn't doing what he's doing now. So what they gave him was, I think, fair value. And he kind of admits that. He said, I was just excited to get paid that much money at such a young age. Obviously, it's pretty team-friendly now, but I was worth that at the time. I have no regrets. You know, when we we live in a world of of superstar athletes who pretty quickly, they have maybe a season or two under their belt of having a good season, and then they hold out for maximum money and then don't live up to that contract. It happens all the time across all sports. You don't really see it that much in hockey, and I got to give hockey players credit for that. Um, you don't see guys holding out. So they play their contract and you know sometimes if it'll get restructured or whatever the case may be, but you don't hear as much in you know like in football every single preseason um, and training camp guys are holding out for more money. And I get that part of, you know, it's a business. I get that side of it. What he's saying is what I say all the time. He's making $6.5 million a year. What is wrong with that? I mean, you will never spend all that money, whether you're making 6.5 or, or double that. And you're making $13 million a year. It's more of a stature thing for guys to make, get more money. (coughs) Excuse me, because, um, they they want to be looked at as the highest paid because it's a stature thing. You're never going to spend that much, that amount of money. So, And you always you always hear the guy say, oh, I want to win championships. Well, what are you doing to help your team win championships other than what you're doing on the field? I'm talking about the money side of things. And he has just come out and said, I want to win championships, and I want to win championships here. He didn't say, I'll take less more money uh, uh, or less more money less money on my next deal somewhere else I will take less money here because I want to win with these guys so if you're an Avalanche fan you are loving this interview and you're loving these quotes because this guy wants to bring a championship to this team now if you want to dissect this even more and when he said I want to win with these guys or how did he say it exactly Um, I want to win with this group So are we going to, like, really nitpick this and pull it apart and say, you know, does he mean this specific roster right now? Because obviously the Taylor Hall thing is being talked about. Was that his dig um, to say, like, we don't need him? I don't think so at all. I think he's saying I will take less money to bring in someone like Taylor Hall and have the room to sign him long term so we can see our future uh, be something that could be fruitful and if you're another player if you're, if you're from the outside looking in and saying like that guy who is superstar top three in the league does not want top dollar because he wants to win that's appealing to free agents you are going to see free agents say like how can I get on that team because I want to play with that guy and I know he's capable and this team is capable of winning a Stanley Cup. How do I get on that team? And maybe that's a, just a domino effect of guys in this environment saying, we don't need the money, we need the cups. And I'll do whatever it takes to get the guys that we need in here to, to make that happen. If you're his agent, you're probably not too happy about this because you just laid out all your cards on the table. And when it's negotiating time, it seems like, you know, the, the Colorado avalanche and Nathan McKinnon have a good relationship right now, but when it comes negotiating time um, and I don't know who Nathan McKinnon's agent is, I could easily look it up, but I really don't care. Um, the, the avalanche can hang that over his head. And like I said, this goes back to the business side of things. If he comes in and he's like, I want to, 10, 11, 12 million per year, and who knows where we'll be salary cap wise. Um, Avalanche can come back and say, like, well, you didn't say that earlier. And he's always liable to walk if they really want to hold him to that. But I don't see that happening. I see this being kind of like a harmonious uh, negotiation when the time comes. We're still a couple years away from that. But I think everybody's kind of on the same page. Avalanche are set up to be. Uh, this good of a team when his contract is up and he could have waited to give this interview because, you know, his contract, like we said, 2022, 2023 season is when his contract is over. So he could have waited. Anything can happen in this league from year to year. But it's been well reported and it's well known that there's a lot of expectation with this team for the foreseeable seasons. So for him to give this interview and say those things now, he's more than confident they're going to be every bit as relevant the season his contract is up as they are now. Or else he really wouldn't have said anything. We might have just kept his mouth shut and saw it through and see what happens when his deal is up. But he didn't do that. So if, if you're an Avalanche fan, uh, today's a good day. Because th- this we, we've talked about this. On this show, it's conversations that are had in social media. Yeah, the Avalanches have set themselves up. That's a good thing for now. But if all of these players that they've acquired pan out, there's a lot of money that got to dole out. How are they going to do that? You don't have to dwell too much on it right now. You're living in the moment. and You're playing well. But that day is going to come where you have to pay all these guys. And it's just Joe sakic has got to work his magic somehow. This is, again, assuming all of these guys pan out the way that they do. So I think by Nathan McKinnon saying this, maybe a little bit of weight was lifted off the shoulders of Joe Sakic. But now he's got to do his job, and he's got to perform, so to speak, which he's done already and give him all the credit in the world for doing that. But he's got to keep this ship moving in the direction it's moving, or Nathan McKinnon can change his tune really quickly and say, like, I kind of don't like what's going on here for some reason. And maybe I'll test the market. But like I said, if you're an avalanche fan, uh, even some weight maybe is lifted off of our shoulders, at least for today, knowing that our superstar is not going to demand top dollar. I do think the avalanche will give it to him. I don't think the avalanche will sit around and say like, let's just match this deal. (laughs) 6.5 million. Let's do that again. I don't think anybody's going to believe that if he is truthful about this i think the avalanche will maybe go up to Miko go ranton in money or maybe even like a million or so less i can't imagine he's going to be anything less than like 9 million a year he might say like give me 9 if that works out and you know tell me what we can do if you if you give me 9 million per year what can we do to bring in other players with the money that you'll save from the $3 million that you saved by not giving me 12 or $4 million you saved by giving me 13. It's uh, it, it it's, it's impressive that you don't see this a lot from the superstars. So the fact that he said it, uh, even just makes the, the future for this team look even brighter than it did 24 hours ago, based solely on this interview. So we good, we're in good side. We're in a good shape.
0: My name is Paul Stewart, a third-generation Irishman from Dorchester, Mass. I made it to the NHL as both a player and a referee. I was even elected to the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. When I was skating, I had my share of lumps and bumps. I gave a few back, too. As a stand-up old-school guy, I've always been hesitant to try fads, but recently I became a big fan of a company called Easy Feeling Wellness. A hockey buddy sent me 1,000 milligrams of intensive relief rub, EasyFeeling markets a line of natural plant-based hemp extract products, including gummies, soft gels with melatonin, and tinctures. Their motto is to enjoy every day, which all of us banged-up baby boomers and old skaters can relate to. Easy Feeling products are non-addictive. They don't get you high, and they're perfectly legal. Give EasyFeeling a try by going to EasyFeelingWellness.com. They will even give you 20% off your first order by using my special code, PS20.
2: Easy-feeling wellness. Enjoy every day. Don't Luka now, but the Los Angeles Clippers might be in trouble. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. (laughs) Dallas Mavericks forward Luka Doncic dropped a triple-double and an overtime buzzer-beating three-pointer to tie their series with the Los Angeles Clippers. You have to listen to Locked On Mavericks today for a very hype Nick Engstad. To the NFL, where 77 positive COVID tests from 11 teams were re-examined by a New Jersey lab. All of those tests have now come back negative. For the latest on the NFL's quest to return, subscribe to Locked On NFL and the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show. And finally... Sources tell ESPN's Adam Schefter that Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson missed two training camp practices due to a groin injury. Listen to Locked On Ravens for the latest on the reigning MVP and why the team released Earl Thomas. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: All right, so now that we have uh, stroked the ego of Nathan McKinnon as if it needs to be anymore – uh, we'll get into the game that was just completed between the Montreal Canadiens, and as we just whacked poetic for Nathan McKinnon, didn't have his best game today. His point streak came to an end, um, and I he he just I mean everybody's gonna have these games whether you're a superstar or whether you're a fourth line guy um, where you just it's just not your day. Uh, the puck just doesn't seem to stick any to your your stick at all. And it's bouncing all over the place. Your passes aren't crisp. They're not on the other guy's tape. And that was him today. And it got me thinking, like, what is this normal for him when he goes to Colorado? And I just went back, was like, three or four seasons, and he really hasn't lit up the scoreboard when he plays in Montreal. Um, I, I think the past, before this game, uh, last year when they played there, didn't score a point. The previous year, he either didn't score a point or scored one, and then the previous year from that scored one. Guys just sometimes don't like playing in certain places, and maybe this is a place that Nathan McKinnon doesn't really play. You're only going there once a year, so you're not familiar with it as you would be you know, against your division. So maybe that was just it, but um, he he just seemed to be a little off tonight. So um, we did get some word right before the game started that uh, obviously, Gabriel Landisog played. We got that information during the day. Um, Andre Burakovsky played. And because those two guys came back, Logan O'Connor was sent back down to the Colorado Eagles. And Nazem Kadri was a scratch today, which I think they said lower body, which would, that is, I hate that. It's either No matter what injury it is, it's upper body or lower body. Pick a half, top or bottom. Um, I don't know... There's no real official word on what it is, but he played that game to the end. If you remember yesterday, when I was saying that the, towards the end of the game, when um, Toronto pulled their goalie, and he took those two shots, you know, right towards the goal, he was smiling. He was on the ice. Uh, I think he was on the ice when the the game concluded, like physically on the ice when the clock struck zero. Like you know, th- those those shots were like I said when the goalie was pulled. So there's not much time left in the game as it was. Didn't really see anything during the game, which would cause cause him to be injured, but you never know. Sometimes when you the game is over and you take the pads off, you feel some aches and pains somewhere that you didn't during the game because the adrenaline is pumping. So chalk him up. He's the latest addition to the avalanche injury report. Um, because he went to the end of the game, I don't think it's anything major, but maybe we'll get an update on that <clears throat> tomorrow. Terms of the game itself, Avalanche. Uh, like I said, another strong victory, three to two win. Uh, second game on the road in Montreal, and they, and they took it. And it was a dogfight at the end. Uh, first two periods, they really were kind. They were not kind of in control. They were in control. Uh, they they were possessing the puck. They were uh, putting a lot of pressure on the Abs defense. And uh, Mount Calvert got the first goal for the Avalanche, which was a shorthanded goal, second game in a row, that they get a shorthanded goal. Really um, just kind of charged the net. I don't remember who uh, threw, threw the assist to him, but kind of just poked at it and uh, went through. And then Gabriel Landeskog, his first game back. And, you know, Miko Renton had a great game, his first game back. Why wouldn't? Gabriel Landeskog, really impressive goal by him, coming up the right side, kind of like dipped his shoulder, and I don't know how he just had a, a, a one skate step on the defender, and he kind of just reached around him. He had a really difficult angle from the shot, from where the goalie was, and it it bounced. It seemed like it bounced off the goalie somehow, and went in. Just go look up the video. I don't I don't know how he contorted his body that way to get that goal in there, but it was. It was a thing of beauty and that got him up two to nothing. Um, eventually they went up three to nothing on a who scored that one? I gotta look that up. I apologize. Uh, Calvert. Matt Calvert. Yeah, duh. Does Matt his second game back was much better than his first. Not that he played bad in Toronto, but like I said, I think he just was getting the flow of things. But he had a goal, and I'm pretty sure he had an assist. He did have an assist. Um, so he played a lot better today. Seemed just to get that one game out of the way and can just get back to focusing on playing hockey. So after 2, the Avalanche were up 3-1. to one, um, Gave up a goal with a few minutes left in the second to Gallagher, and um, but still really in charge of the game. And in the third, they couldn't really get much going. And this is you know, typical of what happens when a team is down, two goals or three goals, whatever the case may be, in the third, you know, they defense be damned and just ratchet up the offense, and that's exactly what uh, the Canadians did. And they got one back. Nick Cousins scored. Um, and then it was the Pavel Franco show. He shut them down and was incredibly impressive. You are going to see, if you watch the NHL Network, you are going to see uh, a couple saves of his, one in particular that are going to make the highlight reel for the week, maybe for the month of best saves of the week or the month. Um, when they were... God, I think there was only a few minutes left, and and they, the the Canadians had a nice cross ice pass, shot on goal, and and he he was he's really deceptively quick, and he he shifted from right to left, and the shot was was lifted, it would it would have went top shelf, but he like just punched at it with his blocker, and wow, absolutely tremendous goal, one of the best saves of the season for the Avalanche. And if not for Pablo Fanzos, this game would have been tied, maybe even lost. Because um, when we go through the stats, the the Canadians were were down in shots on goal for probably like ninety percent of this game. And when they just amped up their offense in the last ten minutes, they just threw anything they could on net. And Fanzos was stopping everything. There was a lot, and and a lot of these shots where he was blocked. A lot of traffic in front of the net. And somehow, some way, he came up with all of them. So he, he should be, you know, I, I don't know who came up with first, second, third star for the game. He's my first star of the game because he played lights out. Um, and like I said, not for him. Might have been a different result. So in terms of uh, stats, we're going to bring up game stats and player stats here. Um, Avs did lose the shots on goal. Um, category 35-40, to and like I said, maybe 15 shots came from Montreal in the last 10 minutes alone. Um, Pretty physical game, and that shows in the hits. More of the physicality came from the Canadians. They got 38 hits compared to the Avs 20. Kind of a controversial play that's going to be replayed over and over again, and it's a Nikita Zadorov hit on the boards. (sighs) you can judge for yourself. I don't want to be, you know, pegged as like a homer or anything like that. I think it was just kind of like a... Uh, did he give him a little extra leg whip in there? Maybe that's a strong word to say. He did, but the... Uh, man, I wish I could remember who went down. I'm going to look him up really quick. Kotak... Mm-hmm. Okay. Cot- I can't even pronounce his name. I can... Again, one of those... Jasperi Kotkanami. Kotkan, <laughs> Can't say the name. That guy, I apologize, um, kind of just went he- uh, heels overhead and kind of came down right on his helmet. It was a scary thing. Zadoroff and his history with what he does and his physicality intended to do that. It didn't really seem like he hit him really that hard into the boards. He... he had You know, he was a little bit behind him, kind of lifted up his leg, but I think the guy's weight just made him topple over, and it was just an unfortunate event, and I, I don't know any update on him if he's okay. Obviously, I hope he is. Um No penalty was called on the play. I don't think there really was a penalty on it, to be honest with you. If they did call one, would I be upset about it? no. They didn't call one. Am I upset? They didn't call one. No. So it's just one of those one of those plays, and and um, unfortunately the guy got hurt. So I'm sure that will get talked about more, but we'll see where where that ends up. I don't think anything is gonna come out of it. So uh, as far as power plays go, Avs 0 for three. Um, looked pretty bad on a couple. Power plays couldn't get anything going. Credit to the Canadians on that. Canadians were one for three on their power plays. But like I said, however, the the Avs did get a shorthanded goal. So that's good. Three penalties on each team. Um, block shots, takeaways, all other stuff is what it is. In terms of individual players, let's get that up here. Box score. What do we got here? So um, Calvert with the goal and the assist. Comfort with the assist. Uh, Gave Landeskog Landeskog his goal. And Mikko Rantanen uh, with an assist. So he got another point for him. Um, Graves uh, with his one goal. And Kale McCard did get an assist as well. So, all in all, very good game. Uh, Got a little tense towards the end. But the Avalanche uh, obviously held on for the victory. And now it's a day off. And we go to Boston. I wanted to look up Boston's game. And I knew the Blackhawks were up either 2 or 3 to nothing. And I heard the Bruins came back. And the Blackhawks beat the Bruins in overtime. So, uh, what's that mean? That means the Avs are going into Boston. With a five game winning streak. And Boston lost their first game in nine games, I believe, nine or 10 games. So I was kind of hoping and there'd be some, you know, two teams going with pretty good win streaks intact against each other, but they're not. Doesn't, not going to take away from the game whatsoever. So, um, yeah, that'll be an exciting game. So, like I said, day off tomorrow. And then that Bruins game, 7 p.m. on the East Coast. So we will do a preview of that for uh, tomorrow. Normally, obviously, we don't do shows. We don't have to do shows on the weekend. But I think because that game is of such... I guess you could say it's of such importance in the in the fact that you want to see how your team stacks up against those upper echelon teams, and Boston is one of those teams. Um, I think we we'll do a show for after that game if they if they win if they lose and I'm bitter maybe I won't do one but no I think in all actuality I I probably will do one so uh, all in all very good day for the Avs across the board from McKinnon News about his wishes for what he wants for a contract down to the game itself which was very well played like I said uh, kind of nail-biting towards the end but this is a great team Av fans We are in for a very good season. We knew we were in for a very good season. Had that little hiccup with the five-game losing streak. But that was in the beginning of the season. And, you know, everybody was saying, get it out of the way. Seems like they did. Players are coming back. The team is playing spectacular. Get on board. Because this is is one of the best teams in the league. And Stanley Cup preview on Saturday? I don't know. I'm not going to say it is, but... Maybe it is. So that's it for today, guys. Go abs, go, and let's uh, take down those Bruins. Here's Joby.
0: Go abs, go.